Welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Hello. (laughs) I feel like I have to sing to you guys. I hope you sing as much as I do throughout your day. But really, I was making a fun list and I was like, I just like singing random things. That's so fun. But today is going to be loads and loads of fun. We have another special guest. Her name is Hannah Hermanson. You are going to absolutely love, love, love her. She is the founder of The Dream Life is Real, which educates and inspires by showing people what's possible for their lives. We no longer need to wait for the lottery or retirement to live the dream life. Our dream life is our real life. Ah, that's so powerful, right? So a former academic advisor and yoga teacher, Hannah marries her passion for helping others achieve their goals and coaching practice. Hannah quickly realized that in order to dream big, you need to take care of the most basic need, which is income. Hannah loves supporting her coaching clients to create simple business and marketing plans that make great money and impacts. The Dream Life Coaching Programs have supported thousands of service-based entrepreneurs, teachers, mentors in creating actionable, simple business models that deliver financial results and personal fulfillment. She is a digital nomad, which I'm so excited to join her in that journey. Oh, it's going to be so fun. A Forbes Coaches Council member, the host of the Dream Life is Real Life Facebook group and podcast, and she trains middle school students and teachers in her dream life academy oh my gosh so fun I know she has a free gift for you you guys can check that out in the show notes and find her in the show notes as well but let's go ahead and dive in can't wait all right welcome back you guys I'm so excited for another awesome interview with Hannah Hermsen and you're gonna love her oh my gosh the energy of this podcast is gonna be so much fun so let's just dive in and get started Hannah can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yes, I am a small town Wisconsin girl who decided that being an academic advisor and helping young people choose from a list of 50 futures <laughs> in the academic oh world wasn't for me. Yeah. I, um, I thought it was my dream job to help college students set their goals, choose their path. Um, But it was way too confining for me and for them. And so while I was in that role, I became a yoga teacher and I got exposed to network marketing, which really set me on the course of entrepreneurship. And so um, long story short, I helped 
start a startup that was teaching yoga and mindfulness to school teachers in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh my gosh, and how fun. It, yeah, it was a great success. We grew quickly, maybe a bit too quickly as startups <laughs> can do. Um, but they, we got to a point where I could leave my full-time academic advising job. The startup replaced my salary and moved me out to small town, Wisconsin to San Francisco. Ooh, yes. fun. <clears throat> yeah. So I moved out to San Francisco a few years ago and about a month after I unpacked my bags, this, we realized we actually couldn't afford to keep me on full-time. What? So, oh, no. Having the rug pulled out from underneath yeah, me, like well on, yeah. But I was on. I was so close. I was so eager to be on this journey of doing what I loved and getting paid for it, and yeah. helping other people do the same. And so I decided I wasn't going to go back to the nine to five. I wasn't going to go back to academia, but I was going to figure out how to make my dream life my real life, mm. and completely on my own terms. So over the past three years, I've built a coaching business that quickly evolved into helping other people with their marketing and business plans because I found that no matter what goals people came to me with, mm -hmm. they could just figure out how to manage their income, again, mm -hmm. on their own terms and with abundance, we can all do so much more. And so now I help clients with simple business plans that allow them to do philanthropy and start nonprofits um, outside of their quote unquote work as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much to dive into there. And I think it's funny how I relate so much to the whole network marketing gig because that's mm. when I started my first business, I was 22 and that's yeah. what it was. It was in MLM network marketing. I really don't know the difference between the two. But people like definitely call them different. I think they're the same thing, right? Like, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> like like multi-level. Like, yeah. Right? I don't know. When you started that, did you have the vision of this, this business even, was it even birthed yet? Or was it something that it was just like over time, it like developed into where you are today? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I quickly caught on to the vision that MLM has and that mm -hmm. you can build a team while helping other people. And mm -hmm. basically, the more you put in, the more you get out. And I was really attracted to this sort of lifestyle by design philosophy. And I learned a lot about money mindset. And I also saw the leaders in the company as people who were really inspiring and empowering yeah. and Absolutely. Shared a lot of tools, yet kind of like the startup, I found with MLM that that still wasn't my place. It didn't feel quite right to be sharing someone else's products and following an upline that I didn't always agree with. And so I took a lot of those principles mm. and that initial vision of like mm -hmm. so much more than what I had been living in. So yeah. I'm so grateful for, yeah, the mindset and the vision that it gave me, but maybe like you experienced when I hear a lot of people experience that still, it's a good starting point, but it's still yeah. not your own. It's so dream. true. I remember, and it's so funny thinking back on the things that I used to think about when I was in my MLM, thinking at the time that my MLM was the answer. I remember yes. thinking like, this is, this is the, the end all of all things. This is all, everything I've ever wanted. And this is going to help me travel the world and yeah. do all the things I ever wanted. And then <laughs> I remember like, it, but I can sit back and look at certain conversations with people and say, I remember feeling like 
I had wings. Like I was a bird, but my wings were clipped Uh, and I couldn't actually fly and do my own thing. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling people like when I got to that next level of leadership, I knew I'd go really quickly because it was on my terms. Yeah. And people were like, well, why do you feel that way? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have clipped wings. So Mm. you talk about, I know you had like a even middle and middle, but, um, I'm sure there was some fear that creeped up. You literally just, okay, I know what it's like to move across the country, number one. You just moved across the country. You had the rug pulled out of you because you thought you had a little bit of security, Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden you didn't. Yet you still overcame that situation and you pushed through. So can Mm -hmm. you talk about like maybe some of the fears that you you overcame and um, anything else that you remember about that, that maybe someone's feeling that right now and you might just give them the little bit of push they need to start their own thing? Yeah. Well, actually what you're commenting about as far as the network marketing not feeling quite right and like your wings are sort of clipped, that I really do attribute the rug being pulled out from underneath me, you know, all of that was like exactly what I needed. Because even when working for the startup, you said I was underneath someone else's comfort and it wasn't my own. And so I'm super grateful that I had a community and a mindset that allowed me to just lean into what felt good. Because I had those two other, well, three other experiences I've had a lot of jobs, but okay. <laughs> network marketing <laughs> started when I was 15, but okay. yeah, network marketing and the startup really helped me see that there are pieces that I appreciate about those business models, yeah. but I wanted to, again, find something that felt right. And so I'm super grateful. Like I said, I had a community and I had daily just like mindset practices and yoga, and I really relied on Uh, self-care tools to let me follow joy. Mm. And it wasn't easy and it um, wasn't comfortable by any means to follow joy. Okay. I don't mean like just like poop unicorns and eat your favorite food all day, every day. I mean like (laughs) really getting clear on who you are, what your strengths are, what you enjoy. Because when I built a business model about what I, around what I enjoy and around the lifestyle that I wanted, Mm -hmm. this is the first time it stuck because it, it doesn't, it's never going to work if you force yourself into someone else's box and that's what you're banking on for your happiness and your success. So the number one thing I would encourage people to do is like, first of all, quiet the noise. You have, you know, if you're trying to find your answer or find your business model, like don't go looking at other people's, but go inward and like ask yourself, what is my dream life? And then we can build around that. But that's really the first step is like getting clear on what you want and what feels good. And it's so funny because that you say that it's like, you know, not even necessarily looking around because I didn't even know when I found the coaching world, I didn't even know that this world existed. And I was like, I remember I had been praying for months before I had this opportunity like arise. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. This is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I was like, life changed in an instant. And I think that we so often (laughs) as humans, especially perfectionists, right? And I think a lot of women, women are very smart. And so smart people overthink things. And Mm -hmm. so I think that 
women, especially we, we try to be everything for everyone. You know, we try to do all the things rather than like you said, just looking in and getting quiet and just thinking, what is it that I want? And what is it that I need? And building a business that doesn't run your life, but you get to mm-hmm. run your life around your bit. Like, you know, like your business gets to do what you want it to do. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. I'm so passionate about helping, yeah, people figure that out. And I'm grateful early in my, well, this was even in college before I got too far down the entrepreneurial, what should I do path. Yeah. Um, I was a perfectionist and found myself deep into an eating disorder mm. and I asked for help. <laughs> kind of begrudgingly, but I did go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I remember expressing to my therapist that, um, you know, I'm doing all of these things. I help, you know, I volunteer, I exercise, I eat healthy. Like, why is everybody on my case about being good, like being good at losing weight, basically? Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, or I hope I never forget her looking at me and saying, Hannah, do you want to be remembered for running marathons and counting calories? Is that what you want people to be proud of you for? Is that what you want to be proud of? And that did set me on this, that sort of path of like, how can I help other people and how can I make it feel good? And sure, I chose, a, you know, I chose lots of different paths, but I think that question of like, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want to be proud of? And so often it's, it's not the to-do list. It's not being a six-figure business coach. Like that's not what popped into my head, right? It's so much more about the, like, the legacy, the lifestyle, the, yes. the energy that you can create. That's so true. I love that question. And I think that everybody should take some time to journal on that and just really yeah. think. Like it's like, what is the legacy that I am leaving? Mm-hmm. You know, and I know this is a little morbid, but there's been often times that I'm like, okay, if I were no longer going to be able to be here, like at the end of the month, what mm. would people say about me? And that's something that I've like dove into a lot throughout the past few years. It's like, okay, if something happened to me in a month, like what would people say about me? What would be the thing that people say? And do I like that? And I think that's why I shifted my life so much I, I, that I did after my abusive relationship, you know, because. It was like, okay, suddenly that's not what I want people to say about me. That's not what I, that's not my legacy. That's not what I meant to do. Um, so you started the business and it's going amazing. How long is, so tell us about like that whole process of that transition, because I think that sometimes people think transitions have to be so messy and they don't necessarily have to be. So it's like, can you tell us about like step-by-step what you did to go from, you know, losing the little bit of security to starting your own business and then to where you are now. Yeah. Well, the very first thing is just to decide. And I love the word decide because, you know, it rhymes or it has like, (laughs) it has roots with uh, homicide, suicide, these things that mean to kill, to kill off all other options. And Uh, I decided, yes, I'm going to figure this out because I've been taught enough times that I can't rely on other systems. So I decided, and at that point it didn't become so much like I decided I'm going to be a six figure business coach, (laughs) but I decided I was going to do something that felt good. And so what I did is, um, I of course, again, looked for help (laughs) and I found mentorship and community in entrepreneurship and in that world. And what I thought was my mission at the time was to help other people, um, you know, with body image and self-love. And And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I started coaching women with eating disorders. And how did I do that? Okay. Well, <laughs> let's get a little tactical for a second. So um, because I was in a brand new city, San Francisco, and I wasn't really sure how to like make friends as a 25 year old. Like I know, right? In a new city. <laughs> you're like, you get out of school and then you move across country and you're like, I don't know how to make friends anymore. Like Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. So I started a Facebook group. And at the time, it was totally selfish. It was totally like, I'm on this journey and I want friends who are also on this journey and a way to like hold space for us. So I know now Facebook groups are like a big marketing strategy and it is, you know, a big piece of my business today, but it really did start from that organic wanting to help other people and help myself in return. And so that was the first place I got clients because I was- sharing things that I was learning. I was making real, I mean, I know it was online, but they were real relationships. And yeah. People, some of my best friends are online face to face, but they're my best friends. Like that's absolutely accurate. Like they're still real relationships. Right. So that's where my first clients came from. Cool. Yeah. Starting a Facebook group and engaging in real conversation online. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these women were struggling with self-love, with worth, worthiness, mm-hmm. with, um, eating disorders, um, that I found quickly that that wasn't actually joyous to me. (laughs) Um, it wasn't a healthy space for me to go back into those mindsets, even though I was supposed to be the one with the tools. Um, it didn't align with the energy I wanted to feel all day, every day. But what I did notice in working with those first few women was that one of their biggest fears and stressors and challenges was feeling like they had freedom in their finances, whether they needed to take a month off or they wanted to change directions, like money was this like cusp, right? This like pivotal point of like, if I just had more money or if I knew how to monetize this or if I knew I would win the lottery. And so that was what inspired me to start talking to people who had big dreams, who wanted to live a life on their own terms and finally decide to monetize their passions. And so that's really where like the business and marketing strategy came from. from. You know, I was learning it in monetizing my own business for my business coach. Yeah. And that just goes to show that you don't have to be like 10 steps ahead. Right. You know, people are always so worried about not knowing enough, not knowing enough, not knowing enough, but really like, you know, way more than you think you do. Like you are brilliant. Own it. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, we live in a day and age now where there's so much information. There's so many ways that you can like learn to start a business or Mm -hmm. those sort of things. But, um, it's really about, yeah, like attracting those people who are a few steps behind you and holding their hand is what I decided to do. Um, and so funny enough, I think kind of to this point that you're saying of like, you don't have to know it all, especially starting out in business and a little nugget I want to give coaches and entrepreneurs listening is how I transitioned. Like, so I started out with one-on-one coaching women, self-love. Then I moved into just coaching people who wanted to monetize their passion project. And I have some courses now, but I have clients that come to me now who are like, okay, I have this course. It's great. I spent three months making it. Um, I think that, right. Okay. So people get some one-on-one clients and you'll understand if like eating disorders is your niche 
or if a different niche is yours. And right. then when you find your niche, you will find out that you repeat yourself on these yeah. one-on-one calls uh-huh. and your clients are asking you the same questions. And honey, that is when you make a course or that oh is when you have a product. So um, it happened naturally for me, kind of like the Facebook group was a natural like, oh, this works. And yeah. so I'm going to share that to anyone listening who thinks they need to go create something or like you said, be the expert. Like, listen, that's no. like the number one marketing tool. I'm I can so get. glad you said that. I'm seriously so glad because it's so funny. I always tell my clients, I'm like, you're thinking too much into this. Like you're making this way too hard on yourself. And then I feel like writing content is something that people are always struggling with so much. And I'm just like, your people who are following you are telling you point blank what they are struggling with right now. You need to be writing that down everywhere. And that's your content. You know, just like what you said, like, you're like, okay, if you're getting on the phone with people and they're saying the same thing over and over and over again, well, clearly that's like a, uh, like you just walked in front of a stop sign or something. It's like, hello, like boom, there it is. There it is. There it yeah. is. And I love what you said about taking notes. I have another, um, tax, tax, tax. Okay. Action steps. Tactical? Tangible, tactical. <laughs> thinking, and like combining all of those words in one. It's a brand new up. word. I love yeah. it. <laughs> but it works. It's going to work. So this is what you need to do. Because like I said, the number one marketing strategy is to listen. Yeah. And so few people are doing that. So many of us are like shouting and yelling and self-promoting. So yeah. I encourage every, every leader, whether you're a business owner or a teacher or a mom, like every leader needs to have a dream life and a real life list. Because if you do start listening and looking around you, you're going to hear that people have complaints or they, they're living in this real life and they know that there's better. And I want you to actually write down their words of how they describe their current situation. And then also write down their exact words of what aspirations, what dreams they have. And you'll find, especially if you're an entrepreneur, that your offer is really the bridge from their real life to their dream life. So that's a great exercise to just get clear on exactly what you need to offer people. But then also you can speak their language in all of your content. So I literally have a running document. And when I don't feel inspired for content, I go and I'm like, look at oh, it. Yeah, yeah, look at what she was saying about having no energy and just wanting to sleep in. Like that's yeah. what I'm going to write about today. Yeah, exactly. And you can look at that list and then be like, da, da, da. okay, cool. I want to talk yes. about this. And then it's like yeah. totally going to attract your clients because that's what they said. But I love that you were just talking about listening because it just goes back to the idea of this is not about us. And you were talking Mm. about how people are always so loud and shouting and, you know, just trying to be out there and everything. And I get it. I like to be loud. But (laughs) how often does someone actually get the opportunity to talk to someone who can guide them to their dream life? You know? Right. And this is how I feel like I got my first clients. Cause like I said, yeah, I had a business coach and a Facebook group, but I was really just interested in like connecting with people. And I think that's what, you know, like not having the intention every time I got into my Facebook group was like, who's going to pay me? What are they going to buy? Who can I talk to today? Like, who are my, like, like a hitman or something looking for clients. (laughs) And that's something yeah, like a vulture, like, right. like I'm looking. <laughs> right, like we, there's like dollar signs on all of our Facebook friends. Right. And that's something that I teach my clients now is like, how do you create an environment that people are 
naturally or, you know, not maybe not naturally, but organically connected to you because that's where we find that the most uh, conversion happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can build funnels for, for days, but they've yeah. got to connect. Right. And simplifying your business model to like talk to real people and listen to them. Again, that's about following the joy for me and the people I work with. Okay. So you talked about the content and you talked about the, the happy points and the pain point, like what they're struggling with and what they want, their dreams, what other, and writing content with those things. Okay. But mm-hmm. what other tips do you have with building an engaging community of people who are your ideal clients and who love you? Yeah. Uh, get the F off of social media. Look. Yes. All right. Say that again, girl. <laughs> yeah. Log off. Log off. Log off. Log off. Look, I'm running my business completely online. I'm a digital right. nomad. I travel full time. All of my clients are like around the world. I haven't hugged them in person yet. However, what I will tell you is that the reason why I believe I have an engaged community and I have people literally like lining, like, lining up in my inbox. Okay. Yes. Right. That's online. Okay. Fine. Yeah, girl. But <laughs> because I have a real personality and I show up in real life and I don't know about you, Brooke, but I find that every time I show up in person, I make real fast connections, mm-hmm. um, which is much different than like trying to sit in your bed and hack the algorithm and increase your likes. Like I don't yeah. really care about how many likes you have. It's not about that. Right. So there's so many ways that you can grow your audience, your raving fans off of social media. And my clients and I find that again, it brings so much more pleasure to what we do. So a few ways to do that is, um, you know, establishing your own platform. So whether that's like having a blog that you write for consistently or starting your own podcast or, um, you know, writing for the newspaper article, like a, a platform that you own, email list that could be part of that too, that you like engage with and it's your own platform. Facebook group. Would you consider that a part of that as well? Yeah. I mean, that's still on Facebook. Okay. Okay. So you mean like separate from Facebook and Instagram? Right. Okay, cool. Just to clarify. Yeah. And so the, the most, I mean, here we are like preaching to the choir, but the highest conversion that I found is podcast, whether you have your own or you can get interviewed on other people's podcasts. Um, that's something you can share on a lot of platforms. It can establish you as a leader, you know, it brings credibility. Another strategy, my, uh, a couple of my clients and I have used with success is to publish a book. So it's a completely different world now with Amazon direct publishing. And again, that's a way to show value, to put yourself out on something other than Instagram and to have people literally, like they can find you all day, every day, forever and ever. If you put your book on Amazon, um, other ways to do that is to show up in real life, whether you're, um, answering your phone, sorry, um, whether you're a participant or a host, that's another, um, big one. The clients are calling. <laughs> They're lining up. <laughs> They're lining up. They call on your phone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in my parents' house. Like, oh, it's okay. Has a landline anymore? Like, seriously, mom. I know my parents got but rid of do. that. They're like, we don't need that anymore. What is this? We're wasting money. Like, what's the point? You know, nobody calls us except people who wanted to sell us shit and they're like get this out of my house you know yeah my so mom funny. is like my mom wishes yeah anyway we don't have to go into that. <laughs> um 
Yeah. So I talked about podcasts, writing a book, um, being just like featured on other people's blogs, you know, this whole like influencer marketing strategy, because the more you can collaborate and create things that are not only living on Facebook, the more longevity your business and your platforms have. Yeah. And then you never know who's going to find you. And so, okay. If you are a person that's getting tripped up by the numbers and the comments, celebrate every single one because we need to be in that. Like I just had a client the other day was like, yeah, I only had four people book a call with me. And I was like, you had four freaking people Amazing. book a call with you from one post. Right. You posted one time. Right. I was like, hello, that's incredible. And we have to remember to celebrate those things because it, all it takes is one. That's mm-hmm. it. One person I had someone today, I was actually just featured on another podcast myself and she reached out to me and she was like, I listened to you on so-and-so's podcast. And I was like, amazing. Like people are finding you and it takes one person and then you showing up every day for them to fall in love with you. And then they become your next like high ticket client. And then there you go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, you're like preaching my language a hundred percent. So the question the conversations that make me cringe the most with, I mean, it's not even so much my clients, but like people in at events or people in my community who are still like catching on to this whole process. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to be salesy. Like this doesn't feel good to like sell a high ticket thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then don't be salesy. <laughs> like, I think that up, people educate. feel that intention. <laughs> And that's the thing. If you, if you have pure intentions in your heart, that's always going to come across. Mm-hmm. And number two, you're not being salesy because people need you. Mm-hmm. They need you. You are showing up for them. This isn't about you. You have to remove yourself from that situation. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh. Same <laughs> wavelength. 100%. I know. I'm like, we can talk about this all day. Well, tell mm-hmm. us like something maybe let's see a little bit more into Hannah. Um, what is something that most people don't know about you? Most people do not know about me. Well, I think that um, what most people know is that I used to live in a small town and now I'm a digital nomad. Yeah. So did you leave San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I stayed in San Francisco, built my business for a couple of years, and my partner was teaching middle school in San Francisco. And it hit us that when my business hit a certain point, we were like, okay, first of all, your teacher salary isn't really adding, like, (laughs) it's easy to replace a teacher's salary. And Mm -hmm. we could be doing this anywhere. Why are we living in one of the most expensive cities in the world, teaching and working online? So we left San Francisco in June and we've been traveling Central America. We're going to China next week. Um, but what most people don't know about me is that I really struggle with a nomadic lifestyle. Mm. And as much as I love, yeah, hiking and seeing all these things and, you know, my Instagram is full of like smiley faces and blue skies. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it, it's been a, a challenge for me to um, keep all of my shit together, if you will, in running a business and managing a relationship and then also finding time to like ground. Um, Having a home base is something that I've learned is helpful to me. (laughs) So I think that's something most people don't know about me, but you might be seeing in the next year or so me just taking a bit of a a turn in my lifestyle. I love this phase of my life. Yeah. it is not my forever That's lifestyle. That's so true. Because I mean, I mean, did, I don't know if you knew, I'm about to be digital nomadic in the yes. new year. Um, and I'm digital nomad. And I was like, 
but I also like having roots. So there's a good chance that I'll be over in Europe, like in a a house for like three months and then another house for like three months, you know, or something like that. But it, but it also, you have the luxury to be able to do this. So let's talk about that for a minute. And I'm glad that you're bringing up the nitty gritty because that just goes to show that at every new level, there's a new devil. Mm. And even though things look like picture perfect and look at me on this rock and this beautiful nature. And like, <laughs> I literally yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> look at me. I'm fabulous. But it's not like that. Like, it's not like you're saying that, but it's like, oh my God, look at this amazing food that I'm eating. Cause you are really excited about it. But right. there is the nitty gritty too. There is the, you're far from family. Like you're not stable. Like it's all those other things. So can you just tell people who honestly, even how you got to the point where you were traveling full-time. So I know that's something that a lot of people want to do and they admire, but also mm-hmm. just maybe some things that they might not know that come with the life of the digital nomad. Yes. Yeah. I'm super passionate about talking about this because it is true that we see the glitz and the glam and even on paper, being a digital nomad makes a lot of sense. Like I said, you're a teacher. I work online. Like let's freaking go. And all I need is Wi-Fi and fresh water and I'll be fine. Um, and so, oh, and then the other other thing we thought, um, I did on paper was like, okay, we pay this much in San Francisco for rent and food and entertainment. Like being in Mexico is going to be way cheaper. Okay. Not true. (laughs) Um, Okay. So things before you make, even if you're just going to like going to move or any life transition, have a baby, go to be a digital nomad, like any big transition in your personal life, in your business, you have got to have a team. Because the one of the biggest things that helped, you know, revenue going and momentum happening was that I had people working for me and to have them set up before you go is so important because there were days, we'll get to this because this is the next point, but there were days I wasn't online at all. And I was still creating content because we had a calendar and I had people, you know, executing it and making sure my website wasn't breaking when I was like in the booth. <laughs> right. Um, and so whether that's, I mean, for me, I have several team members, but I definitely think having an assistant and then having someone who is tech savvy, I think most people listening to this are, um, have a different zone of genius than like coding or (laughs) building a website. So having those people in place, having your back, knowing your mission, knowing your voice, because sometimes they have to send an email on your behalf. Um, but that's definitely like whether you're at the income level that you think you can afford an assistant or not, start investing at the level you want to be at. Yeah. Because here's the thing though, is that it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And I thought that I remember before I first ever invested, I was like, Oh no, like I have to be making so much money to even Mm -hmm. think about it. And that was just such a scarcity mindset. Whereas really you can find people who are $15 an hour. I mean, some people are more than that, but you can find that and only have five hours a month. Totally. That's not going to make or break your life. Right. Right. And the other thing I hired, I hired an assistant after like my first couple of clients because I realized like the, you know, exchanging your time for money. And if you can be paying someone $15 an hour, those are hours you could be investing on high ticket clients. And that ROI is huge. 
So yeah, learning to delegate early and often is so important, um, especially if you're going to be off the grid or transitioning in any way. Um, and then the other thing kind of related to that is sort of training your community or your clients and prepping them for your transition. Because when I was living in San Francisco, I was the coach with no boundaries and I was available all the time and I loved it. And it was fine because I had internet all of the time and it was just me and my boyfriends. Like I can answer a Facebook message. (laughs) Like no problem. I'll, you know, send you a voice message here and there. Um, and so I had to really, um, yeah, educate my clients and also my community of like, what are my boundaries? When am I going to be available? Um, and I actually found that in that quote unquote training, which was basically just like a conversation, (laughs) um, my clients were really receptive because they also are not trying to build a life where they're always on. And so to understand that like I have boundaries and by the way, you should do this in your business too, before you're too far in it, um, was really empowering for everyone involved from Can you give people because when they're some people might be listening and they're like okay well I need to do that but like how do I even do that what does that even mean can you give an exercise and maybe just some examples that of your boundaries that you have in your personal business yeah totally so first of all I don't answer emails on the weekends and that's just something even though I can be working all the time it just feels really good to have a weekend which I used to like think why does everyone work for the weekend I'm like no we kind of need that it's not about you need like, a refresh yeah. every now like you know yeah. like I'm a recovering workaholic so I get it girl right like, I get it, but you need that refresh you need that thing to look forward to to celebrate your hard work absolutely yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, with the clients I had in the moment, I was just really real with them. And I was like, look, I know we started out with this expectation, but like my reality is changing really big. And so with the clients I had at the time, we sort of made personal agreements in that like one would use Voxer and the other would email me twice a week. You know, like we just, I made like personalized plans with them because we were working together already. Um, but then I, um, you know, the exercise that I did was I changed my contract so that it's, um, you know, you can communicate with me in only these ways. These are the hours you can expect me to be reachable, um, unless otherwise specified. And like next week I'm going to China and (laughs) I'm not going to play that time zone game. So we're going to reevaluate that week. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Time zones are a whole nother element to be aware of just what's best for you. I think that's the biggest key here. You have to figure out what's best for you and what your client needs that you feel integrity with yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, keeping in mind that it's not like, oh, you don't love me or you're not helpful. It's actually admirable to like have a mentor or a leader put up boundaries and stick to them because like I said, who actually wants to be available 24 seven? not healthy. Absolutely. No. All right. So I love asking this question because, um, this podcast is really all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self. So I know you've kind of already told us an overcomer story, but can you tell us about maybe another time that you've had to overcome an obstacle that when you did, you really felt victorious? Mm, Okay. Well, it's kind of, well, I know it's, it's related to business, but it's more like mm, about my love life. So kind Ooh, of personal. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, I did know my boyfriend before I moved to San Francisco, and he did live in San Francisco, so it made a lot of sense to just move in together, right? Right After, like, dating long distance, let's just, like, live on top of each other. Like, we had a tiny (laughs) apartment in San Francisco. It was my office. It was my, like, all the things. All the things. Yeah, and so we got to a point in our relationship, and I was in a place in my business where I was that workaholic, working all the time, totally accessible, totally obsessed with what's next, what's next, what's next. And we, I mean, we had a disagreement, I guess, and he had to leave. He like walked out. It was actually the 4th of July, so I was like, oh, oh, no. holiday, and he has to go on a walk, and he doesn't know when he's going to come back. And it actually took a couple of days for both of us to like clear our heads. And what I realized is that I cannot expect, first of all, to be everything to everyone. And I can't expect everyone to be everything to me. And so we got really clear about what our roles were in our relationship, in my business. This was sort of the precursor to not doing weekends um, for work. And also I needed, I needed a real life community. And we sort of talked about that today, but yeah, the Facebook group was great. And yeah, my best friends are online, but I needed to start getting out of the house, not just like depending on him and my business coach to listen to everything in my life and business. But, um, and you know, of course, San Francisco, it was very easy to do that, but I needed that like big wake up call to be like, get out of your comfort zone again and build a community in real life. Um, but then of course, you know, (laughs) then we move from San Francisco and right now (laughs) I'm like re-navigating that space and actually, you know, connecting with more like mastermind groups, even if it's virtual. Um, but constantly needing to find a balance in my relationships. Mm, so I love that. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't a fun 4th of July, but so for people who are maybe seeking that, whether that's in person or online, especially like you said, those mastermind groups, how do you suggest someone go about that? So oh, that's so interesting. As far as like the mastermind groups and obviously my Facebook group, I've been really fortunate that either people have reached out to me or I've like stumbled upon it and like not to be a dead horse, but it really comes down to following joy and staying in your lane. Yeah. So what I see sometimes is like people forcing a community or forcing a business bestie, like mm-hmm. What I found to be really helpful is to see who you're drawn to, like who is speaking your dream life in your real life list, and then um, engaging in a conversation. Now, here are my tips for engaging in a conversation with someone you want to buddy up with or collaborate with. Never, never use this phrase, can I pick your brain or (laughs) do you have a few minutes? Yeah. Show up with some value, people. So lots of- (laughs) Yes, like, but like, and like, not a human that's like awkwardly trying to date someone. Like, let them know, like, get to the point. We have a lot of things to read these days. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard this before, but I'm the most receptive to messages that are like, hey, I appreciate you're doing this, and here's how I want to support or be a part, or, you know, like, like let's let's go in a direction. Let's not like pick a brain or have a date. Like let's talk on your podcast or let's do a summit together or let's host an event. Like so I think yeah, definitely showing up to people you want to be around with an action. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. I think that like even, you know, 
entrepreneur world can be very lonely. It can yeah. be. And so make sure that you find your people. And even I think at the very least, if it ends up being you posting something in a big group saying, Hey, look, I'm looking for a biz buddy or a mastermind group. And this is exactly what I'm looking for. You have, right. you have to know what you're looking for. Number one, right. gonna have, exactly. it's going to be a thread that goes to 500 people in like a second. And you're not going to talk to all those 500 people. Right. But <laughs> yeah. An action or a specific need yeah. or request. It's like exactly totally. what you're looking for. Yeah. And then cut it off, close it off and like trust your gut in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Hannah, this has been so much fun. I feel like we could talk for hours and days. I know. And like, this conversation so good. Um, <laughs> can you tell people where they can find you? Cool. Yeah. So here I am preaching about like unplugging, but I am on social media. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, if you, if you search dream life is real life on Facebook, you can find my business page as well as my group. And in the group, it is like a real community. I do a lot of trainings and we have a lot of networking going on in there. Um, and then also my website is dreamlifeisreallife.com and brand new. So excited to Yay! share with listeners. If you do dreamlifeisreallife.com slash resources. That is like the buffet of, you know, you can grab the the workbook on how to drive traffic without social media. Love you can um, watch a video on the daily habits that lead me and my clients to 10K days if that's in, on your vision board. Um, but yeah, dreamlifeisreallife.com slash resources is a great place for your listeners to um, realize some dreams awesome. <laughs> and stay connected. Yes, yes, yes. Go stalker. <laughs> Yes. Um, soccer travels too. Like how fun, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all on the Insta dream life underscore real life. You will see more of the real life travel inside of my story. Uh, yesterday I broke my pinky toe. So that's oh, been no. in there a lot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the real life stuff. So it's good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. We'll have all those links in the show notes, of course, but Hannah, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on this podcast. I know people are just going to love you. Thanks, Brooke. It's been so much fun. I hope to continue the conversation with lots of you. Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.